Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. The title of the message is Forward or Backward, which way are you going? Which direction are you headed? Forward or backward? There's no standstill in life. There's forward or backward. And a lot of times we get caught in the monotony of life and assume that we're just living life, but you're actually you're either going forward or backward in life. Forward or backward. Everything in the kingdom of God is about growth. It's, it's, it's tied to success. And again, don't label success as success in one specific category. Like success is I got this amount of money. Success is, success is having victory in your life, no matter what that is, no matter what it is, no matter how small it is, that's success. And that's what God wants for us. He wants that to be part of our lives. And so in that, we look to the word and we see, okay, what do I need to see in that for my today? And I've been saying this for years. We don't gather here for Sunday. We gather here because of Monday. That's why we do this thing. It's about Monday morning. Today, we're church people. We ain't cussing, we ain't thinking bad in here. I mean, we're all good. We're, we're just, we're at, we're at our ultimate spiritual level right now. And then we walk out the doors and it starts going like this. And it all depends on if you're driving on a Camelback or any school or which road's being worked on, you know, it could really drop quick. All right. Jeremiah 7.24 says this, but they did not listen. He's talking about Israel. But it relates to, you know, just people. They did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They did not listen or pay attention. Are you guys listening? Paying attention? Four of you were smart to say yes. The rest of you, come on, man. I'm calling you out right now. Now, the stubborn inclinations is, is the process of, of their thinking, how they think. When you look at the word um, hearts, evil hearts is the Hebrew word lieb. Lieb is your soul, all right? Soul is where your understanding, your mind, your will, your intellect. In this, and lieb, lieb comes from leba. Leba is the heart organ. So when you're reading, it's usually not talking about the organ of the heart unless, you know, the spear, you know, hit the heart. Then you're going, okay, that's not the soul. That's right there in that organ. So here it's saying that the problem is, is they focused in on something other than they should be, which will do something. That's what you have to understand. That's the problem. We, we assume that if we don't do nothing, it'll be okay. But it doesn't work that way. We always have to do something. And so we can't just rely on life to fix things because it'll never fix things. Everything will ultimately get worse because of the world we live in. It's a cursed world. So what we have to do is, is we have to always, always adjust, correct. And by adjusting and correcting, just a small, a small bit will keep you online. And that's what we want in our lives. We want to stay on track, right? Isn't that what y'all want? That's what I want. I want to stay on track. Doesn't mean I always do. Sometimes I'll hit a bump, get off track. Sometimes I'll trip on the road, the journey, you know, maybe a little slow to get back up. But ultimately, I need to get back on track. And I've learned it's better to get on track quicker than later. And, and it helps to know that God is madly in love with you. When you know that you know that you know God loves you, it's simple. I don't care how bad the wreck was, it's simple to get back on track. Other than the other way where you don't, and the tendency is you stay off track for a while because it's a God issue. He doesn't love you. He doesn't like you. He's mad at you. He's going to get back at you. That keeps you off track. But the, the, the quicker you believe his word, okay, believe his word, the quicker it is to get back to track. It doesn't mean you won't forget. It doesn't mean you won't think, oh God, what an idiot. You're, at least you're on track and that's a key. And then you'll get over yourself 
quickly. Amen? And that's what we want to do, right? So it says that they followed the stubbornness. Now, the tendency is, is to look at a negative action and say, they just were neg- they got negative. They're just negative people. And blame it on, they're just evil. They're just bad. They're just wrong. But verse 28 shares why they became, and I'll say it again, why they became this way. Why they became this way. And it says this, truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. That's what took place. I can guarantee you, every, everybody in here, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you know that once you stop speaking and thinking, you go off. In your life, you get, you get further away from what's right. You get more carnal. All because you quit thinking and speaking. Always. See, it's not about spirituality, which this is what goofy religion tries to do, is tie it to spirituality. No, it's about your soul. Your soul's what causes all these messes, not spirituality. If you were just more spiritual. No, if you had some character, it would help. But we don't want to do that. We want to tie it to spirituality. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to read more. All that mindset will never produce success. Never. It's the principle of knowing that your spirit, your connection with God is perfect. But your mind gets you off track of that perfection because of how we're raised. That's all. We're trained to be manipulated, motivated by other people's feelings, thoughts. And it affects us. But God wants us to look the way he thinks and to be sold out on that. So I'm sold out on that. If I, if I fail, I get up knowing I'm a success. You go, that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't, does it? You haven't read the Bible because it doesn't make sense. It does when you understand the truths, it brings total common sense to the picture. But when you're talking about training of how we're raised, no, it doesn't make sense. But that's the God, that's the God who we serve, the God who we're living with, the God who loves us, the God that we're connected to. I mean, my goodness, he said, while you were sinners, the worst people on the world, while you had no care, no desire for me whatsoever, Christ died for you. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. In that great love in which he loved us, Christ died. That doesn't make sense. Does it make sense to any of you? No. But his word says this. So I believe it. I believe it. There was a time I didn't believe it. There was a time it was too difficult to believe. But that time's gone. Now's the time I know that I know that I know. It's unshakable, unmovable. There was a time I had a difficulty with one plus one equals two. Yeah, me. Just like you did. You didn't get it right away. You didn't get one plus one equals two. It took time. It took a process. It took bringing in a doggy and another doggy. And now you have two doggies. And they continued to show you. And all of a sudden it started clicking because they added a third doggy. One plus one plus one. And you're going through this process, but it isn't, you're not like a math genius. They said at one time you go, okay, let's go to the next one. No one. It takes time. So what we do is we build upon this information. And as we do, we can accelerate that. Because the more information, more knowledge, more foundation, the quicker we are to receive this truth. But again, it's tied to, you know, what I just said, the foundation. I believe this, the, the greatest foundation, beginning foundation for everyone is the love of God for you. That's the key. And that's actually the key of life. The foundation of love when you're born on this earth. That foundation of love and how 
they define in their lives carry you through. If it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's how it works. Everybody receive that? Understand that. Okay. So here we see it's because of truth has perished. The Hebrew literally means the, it wandered off into destruction. That's so important to understand a lot of this because usually we're just reading page. Okay, turn the page, day one. Turn the page, day two. Turn, you can turn a page and go 40 years in the Bible, but we don't pay attention to what's going on. So we're going, wow, they went, around, they went across the whole country in three days. That's, isn't that crazy? I, I remember reading... Um, you know, Abram at the very beginning, and God is telling Abram who he is and who he's going to be. And then he says, I want you to take off and I want you to go. And the Bible says, okay, he left Haran and he went into Canaan to the oak of Morai. And so you think, okay, he left and was there. But then if you look on a map, it, it changes the whole and he went to Canaan. And you're thinking, when you read it and see it, there's so much more involved in everything when it comes to someone's life in scripture. You're talking months and months traveling with, in, with donkeys and sheep. Have you ever seen sheep? Anybody ever see, have you ever been up north and seen sheep? Tell me sheep run everywhere they go. They just like sprinters. Where are we going to go? No, sheep are like, and you got to keep, come on, sheep, go. Can you imagine having a bunch of sheep and having to do that? And then what country in the world is just flat except the rest? But what other country... Uh, we just drove through it. <laughs> Daniel drives now, and, and when we do, when we go places up north, he gets to drive outside of Flagstaff into past the reservation in Colorado. Then I start driving because the scenery changes. Otherwise, it's for miles, hundreds of miles hours. And so I've learned to be wise as a father. Your turn to drive, Daniel. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Galatians 4.8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. He's saying you're slaves at gods that really didn't exist. Okay. He says, by nature, are your slaves to things you thought were gods. He's talking to the Galatian church, the church in Galatia, okay? So these aren't, these aren't Israelites. These are us, people like Gentiles. He says, but now, verse 9, but now that you know God, watch this, or rather are known by God. I mean, come on. Known by God? I mean, those kind of words really impact me. I love to know that I know God, but he knows me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? I have seen this happen so many times where people are hearing the word, hearing truth, hearing truth, and all of a sudden they start listening to something else and they start getting enslaved back into a legalistic works doctrine. And that's what Paul literally is. To, actually, if you read the book of Galatians, you'll see that was all the things that he was dealing with about how religion, or specifically Judaizers, which were believers that wanted to tie in the law for more spiritual life. And he was always dealing with that. But here he's saying, how can you turn back to those weak and miserable principles? I like how Paul writes. Man, he doesn't water it down. 
He didn't say, you know, the principles that aren't necessarily true. He said weak and miserable. I mean, you, if you told someone they were that way, that would cut, wouldn't it? You weak and miserable person. Would you go, thank you, I appreciate that. Well, I see when we put it that way, you already, you, you're looking at a whole different light now. And now he's going weak and miserable principles. He goes, do you wish to be enslaved by weak and miserable principles all over again? Walking in light backwards is completely tied to beliefs. And what we have to do is, is we have to make sure, I say it this way in relation to this is, is you live life, we don't just exist in life. We live life, that means it's conscious. Existing in life is, is you're going with the flow. Our responsibility, say this is my responsibility. Say it louder like you mean it. Now, we ain't talking church. We're not talking religion. Your responsibility is to live life. I can tell you right now, statistically, once you lose the drive to live life, you die. All you have to do is look at statistics on seniors. Once they lose purpose, death comes quicker. The longer they have purpose, a reason to live, the longer they live. That is a statistical fact. You guys got that? Well, you want to wait till you get old to find, figure that out? Or do you want to start now? I mean, my attitude is, is I'm going to live life. I'm going to consciously live life. And what that does is I grow. I learn. I'm constantly learning. The other day I was, what was I learning about? I don't even know why. I just wanted to know. Oh, it was about underwater seepage under dams. YouTube, it, the algorithm got me. I don't know why it would be that. But I see this thumbnail and I'm looking at it going, now, what? I want to know why, What's, what is this? So I go to there and I'm, and it's not that long, but I understand how they stopped that because they had dam failure in, in the 1800s, in the early 1900s, because they didn't figure out or calculate water underneath the ground. And they figured how to stop it. But there was massive dams, dam destruction of them putting these big giant dams and, and they end up just being torn apart because of underwater seepage. See, I know how to stop that. So if I ever need to stop one in my house or here, we'll stop it. I know how. I know, I, I, I know how. I, I know exactly what to do. But again, it, you know, it took a while for them to figure it out, and they figured it out. And now, you know, dams don't have an issue with, because water's moving. You know, when you're building anything near water, there's groundwater. And water, groundwater moves. So I thought that was interesting, but I attribute that to just my heart, my attitude of I'm living life. I'm living life. When I hit 80, when I hit 90, when I hit 100, I'm going to be living life. That's my attitude. I'm going to continue to learn, continue to see my purpose. My purpose is to get your guys' lives better, and that's a long way ahead of you. Tell you right now. You guys are really working me on this one. Isaiah 43, 18 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Uh, you know what? People love to want to know what's God's will for my life? What ministry? And they 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 use these crazy super spiritual adjectives. The thing we need to ask is this. Am I going to obey his word? We want to find out will and ministry. But why can't you answer the question, are you going to obey his word or not? And get to that place where you're going, you know what? I will. Then what did Isaiah say? 
He said, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. And we want to know God's will and we dwell on the past. We want to know what ministry God will dwell on the past. Quit dwelling on the past, obey God. Start obeying God and what his word says and all that other stuff unfolds itself. It's not an issue. But quit trying to, you know, jump from first grade to high school. It don't work that way. Let's get this word operating in our lives and let's, let's learn the principles of success in our personal lives that will equate to everywhere else in our lives, marriages, families, single, whatever. But it starts here, amen? Starts right here. He said, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do not perceive it. I am making a way, and this is what confounds the, the, the human mind. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That doesn't make natural sense. But that's what God's saying. He's saying, listen, your past is going to affect this new life. Because everything in your past says you can't make streams in a wasteland. You can't make a way in the desert. So he's saying, get rid of it. Don't dwell on it. Focus in on now. Life's springing up now. Today is the day the Lord has made now. And when you start looking at that now today, past is not relevant anymore. It's not. Today is the key. Today. Everything we want, we're looking that way. Then fix right now. Now. And once you start working on this, living life now, you get the transformation that you want. I promise you it works this way and it'll work for you. Amen? We've got, we, we got God's promise and desire for us to live a long, prosperous life. That's what I want for everybody in here. Amen? All right. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. He said, as you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you become a new creation moving forward. The old things past, backwards, are no longer. We press what? Forward. Got to keep pressing forward. Amen? And that's what the scripture wants us to see. It says here in Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Let your eyes look. Nabat, that's a Hebrew word. Rabbah is to look. Nabat means to look with purpose. So the, without seeing that, you can have the tendency to read something without the, the, the desire of what God wants us to read. And so the problem is, is he's not wanting us to live life just looking. He wants us to live life looking with purpose. And, and when you look with purpose, then you realize, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll slow down and say this. You all do it. Everybody in here looks with purpose. You look, but many times you look with purpose, it's just on the wrong things. But you know how to do it. You know how I like to teach where we're actually good at everything in Scripture. We're just doing it the wrong way. You're good at faith. You're, you're, you're great at these things. You just don't realize that greatness has to change in how you do it, in what you're believing. Church religion wants to teach you that you don't have faith. You need to grow in faith and understand faith. And I let people know you got to create faith because faith is, is the operation of believing and speaking. And, and you can believe you're a loser and speak it out with, I mean, great faith. I'm just a stinking loser. Everything I do is terrible. I'm no good. And everything I do is no good. See, watch, it's going to be no good. That is faith. You just don't get it. You turn faith into a religious, a, a, a religious message, a religious, you know, a statement that doesn't really relate to life. I bring this to life because God's word is life. God's word isn't religion. Everything about this is Monday. So I want to make you, you know, these great faith people in the kingdom of God. And it's simple for me. 
Just do the opposite you're doing right now. Just believe and speak opposite of the negative stuff you're doing. Watch what happens. Just put that same emphasis. Because didn't, you didn't say you're a loser in the very beginning with such drive and, and passion. It took you a little while to believe you're a loser. Maybe it took quite a few years, actually. You're younger, you didn't really believe it, but it started holding on to you more and more and more. So no matter how many good things happened to you, you were, you were able to release them into the one negative. Look, no, I think I am a loser. And you continue to build upon, to build upon until your, your faith is so powerful and strong right now to even, even tomorrow is gonna be a loss because you have the expectation that that's what's going to happen. How powerful are you? Now I'm saying that facetiously, but it's a fact, isn't it? Now let's switch that. Yeah, it's going to be tough that you're more than a conqueror. Yeah, but I know, I know. It's tough to see it right now because of all the life of losses. But let's just believe what God's saying about you. All right, I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah, it's going to be tough to see it, but you're going to keep speaking it. Why? Because God's word says it. You're going to, you're going to believe it. Why? Because his word's bigger than yours. He's not a liar. And you're going to keep seeing and expecting that things are going to work out. It's not if or what or if they do. or It's not about that. It's about, no, God said I'm an overcomer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to win. I'm a, more than a conqueror. I'm going to have victory. And watch what happens through the process of time. And I guarantee you, you will have the opposite of what you've had over the years because you're good at it. It's just hard to get the good things in life spoken over you because you've had so much negative things. Who are you going to listen to? Because a lot of us, we gravitate toward people that agree with us or speak the same language. We're going to have to change some friends to change some things what you're listening to and start listening to things that are going to do what God wants and that's success in your life. I want to, I want to hang around someone that's going, yeah, that was tough, but you know what? You, you get this. You'll get, you'll get over this. You're going to win. Things are going to get better. Come on, we can, we can do this. Let's find the answer to the problem. And that's when we're going to have success. Amen? Are you all with me or did you guys run away? All right. So God wants to see success in your life. Galatians 3, um, God, this is amazing. When you look at the book of Galatians, God, Paul literally is going through this process of, of fixing things that have really messed up. In, in chapter 2, he, he literally calls out Peter. I mean, Peter is, you know, he's, he's one of the top guns. He, he's... He's, you know, he's Peter. But Peter got caught in the trap of what a lot of people do, and that's they started bowing to the pressure of religion. It can be based upon just the peer pressure of, I don't want them to think negatively of me, or it's, a, it, it's the pressure of, you don't have a clear-cut uh, foundation of truth, so you're easily moved off the foundation just because someone may use, you know, bigger words than you grasp, or they seem spiritual. And so the tendency is we get, you know, we get to a place where we wander off where we should be. So Paul just got through laying, you know, laying out that, hey, I had to go to Peter and say, Peter, Peter, pumpkin No, that's not where it came from. He had to lay out Peter and say, listen, dude, you, you get around Gentiles and all good, and then you get around certain guys and you like drop the Gentiles and say, hey, no, you need to, you need to follow some laws. And Paul just laid it out and said, you're wrong. You got to stop this. That's chapter two. Now, chapter three, he's, he's he, this is all to the church. So he's laying out Peter right in front of the church of Galatia. And they're like going, wow. And then he gets to them and he says, 
Oh, foolish Galatians. Can you imagine the pastor reading this letter? Church, I want you to come in here. Paul's got a letter. I want us to hear. Everybody gather together. Y'all here? Come on. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Now, we don't read that because it's the Bible and we don't see any of this and we're not even looking at it the way we should. But this letter is being written to people that are off track right now. Galatia letter just said, I had to straighten Peter out. Now I'm going to straighten you out. Now, let me explain something to you and I'll show you in this, but you never straightened out if you never knew. And I can guarantee you most Christians don't know and feel that God's always straightening them out. And that's not how God works. You're only accountable to what you know. Do you understand that? Only to what you know. So here, look at this. Oh, foolish Galatians. I'll read it real quick, then we'll break it down. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? Indeed, if it was vain. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it? Now look at this, listen to this. Does he do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? This is a massive, massive, impactful message for us right now. Because he never said, Does, do miracles happen by the works of the law or by trusting in Jesus? Or by praying for God to heal you? Do you guys see that anywhere in miracles happening in people's lives? No, it's not there at all. And what are Christians doing? The opposite of what scripture teaches. He said, the miracles happen. This is what I want you to see right now. And I'm going to break this down. But he said, the miracles are happening, not because of legalism works. If I get better, if I do better, if I act better, if I fast more, then I'll get healed. No, he said, miracles happen by the hearing of faith. In other words, you and your belief. Are you guys getting this? But something happened to them. Something happened to them. What happened to them? Well, I've seen the word bewitch. But here Paul's saying, listen, you have lost intelligence. You, you're useless in knowledge. That's what he, I, I was trying to find out what's a good word that you could use. And I thought nitwit, that'd be a good word. Um, blockhead, bonehead, trying to really make it nice than rather stupid idiot. Because the problem is, is not that these people don't have knowledge, is it's a problem they let go of their knowledge. So parents, you know when a child does something wrong and they don't know better, do you like rip into them? No, it's very different, isn't it? It's like they don't know better. But after they know better and do it, then is it the same action? No, you're a little more aggressive, aren't you? And, and the continuation of that becomes more intensity on your part as a parent. Is that not true, parents? All right, it's your responsibility to train up a child in the right, right way. It says here that, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you. That word literally means to mislead. Now listen, when I read these stuff and I break it down, I'm telling you, many of you, when you start hearing the translation of that word, you guys have seen this stuff in work when it comes to church or churches. I'm telling you. This is literally a picture 
a Paul talking to a church about other Christians that are focused in on works and legalism. Works and legalism. Listen, this word relates to the bewitchment to someone that is trying to communicate their belief system in a way that's a con game. In other words, their communication to you is, is it, it's used in, in, the, in, in the Bible as deceitful praise. In other words, they come to you, hey, brother, you know what? You're so spiritual. I just believe that your ministry should grow and prosper and your spiritual life will, will and you're like going, wow, wow. And you start opening up. And that's what the Greek word literally means is, is through that bewitchment, that, that ability to communicate in a deceptive way, not in a way that's truthful. The truth was, is over here at one point, they were like going, I don't really have nothing to do with you. But now that they're off and evil, they now speak with that lie, deception, to bewitch you, to pull you in. And it's always with that deceptive flattery, always. And I've seen this over the years where people get off track and all of a sudden they want to pull other people with them. Happens in every church. But here, this is exactly what happens. He says, Who's charming you? Who's, who's bringing that deceptive praise to bring you to something different than what you're founded on? Now, what was it that they were doing? They were saying this. Oh, we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus is the way to get saved. But the way to become spiritual, you have to fulfill the law. You have to do works. The way to become spiritual, you have to start doing things that God commands. Are you guys hearing this? And that's what they would do. Paul would go in and teach a message of freedom. They would come in behind him and say, yeah, Paul's right, but we got insight from God that you need to be doing this too. And they try to pull him into works. And that's why Paul's coming into the church because that's what Peter was doing. Peter was getting caught up in these guys too. They were coming to Peter going, hey, you, you can't mess with the law. You can't do that. And Peter would go, okay, okay. Peter, now you look at his life, you're going, how could he get that way? That guy's powerful now. That's how religion is. If you open up your mind to it, it'll suck you in. You start watching those YouTube channels. You start listening to that on the radio, on TV, and you open up your life to it and listen to it. It'll suck you in. We gravitate toward works. It's our nature. Even in the process of how we understand love, it's based upon what can you do for me? Not God's love, our understanding of love. We will get off track. You will always get off track just because of nature. Bible says, take off the old man, put on the new. You got to do that all the time. If you don't, you're going to gravitate toward works. I don't know why that's so difficult. People understand it's where we all came from. It's simple to go back into, oh, I guess God's mad at me. I guess he'll leave me. He's going to get rid of me. I'm going to, I'm going to lose salvation. It's so simple to think that way because that's the way we're brought up. But truth doesn't teach that. Truth doesn't teach that. Truth doesn't teach that. I like people sit there and they, they love the, the Old Testament. These, the people that have false doctrines of, of Bible. They love to take not the Holy Spirit away from me, David prayer. And they use that in New Testament. In our life today, take not the Holy Spirit from me. That is so 100% unscriptural. Because the Bible teaches exactly about the Holy Spirit. And it teaches specifically that the Holy Spirit will never, ever leave you. Never. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's, that's scriptural. But he will never leave you. And that's biblical. But see, if you don't know that, you'll get led astray by Old Testament works and believe that that statement's true. And it's not at all. So we want to stay on track. Amen. So it said, it keeps on, he goes on to say, he said, 
you have been bewitched that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ, I love this, whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. That, it, when you look at the Greek language of portrayed, it literally is taking letters and writing them plainly and clearly. A. B. That's, that's what the Greek language is showing you. That when Paul taught them about the crucifixion, he bought out the fat crayons and he did the little person, stick person, and made it clear. And they're going, that's me, look. And look, I'll make a girl, look at the long hair. There's a girl. And here's the little puppy dog. And that's how he taught them. And they all received the instruction of Jesus being crucified plainly, simple teaching. And they were like going, we believe, we got it. And that's what he knows. The Galatian church was like going, we believe in the crucifixion of Jesus. And they were building their lives on that truth. And that's what he's saying to them. And then he goes to this. Now listen, this, I only want to learn from you. I want to know this right now. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by my simple teaching of God's word, his faith, his word about Jesus being crucified and what he did for you? When did you receive the spirit? Well, of course the answer is, well, Paul, when you did that, you didn't put works in there. You didn't put legalism in there. You taught us plainly. You taught us openly about the crucifixion of Jesus. And we re received the spirit of God. We were born again then. The answer is obviously that's what happened. We received it. And that's what he says. Did you receive it by works or did you receive it by the hearing of faith? Are you guys seeing this? And of course, it was by faith. He goes, are you so foolish? Remember, we dim-witted. Are you so foolish? Now look how he's talking to the church. He, I'm a pastor and I shouldn't talk that way about my congregation. I shouldn't say, you foolish, love life people. Dim-witted. I shouldn't say that. Well, I don't need to say that because I'm not Paul and I'm not writing to Galatians. So anyway. Are you hearing? But listen to what he says because... We're reading it. We've got the word. It's sitting before us. And now we're learning from this example. He goes, well, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Because they answered the question. I got, I got, I know, I know, I know. It's the spirit, Paul. And everybody's going, yeah, it's the spirit. And then he goes, well, then are you so foolish that you started this way? But now you want to be perfected by the flesh? That's what he said. And perfection is not the term that we you know, fantasize of perfection. But what it literally means is, is completing to a finish. So he said, you start off receiving Jesus and the spirit of God and you're going right. Then you get into works. And now you think works is going to take you to the final place of this walk of faith. He's going, you guys, you, 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 you're crazy. You don't know what you, you don't know what's going on in your life right now. He's straightening out people that have been led astray about what the crucifixion is about for your life today. That finished work, people, finished work. He says, have you suffered so many things in vain? That word vain literally means fruitlessness. It's tied to doing the right thing with opposition but in due season, you will reap. Fruitful. So he's saying, wait a minute. You've been walking this life by believing the right way, and you've had opposition. Is it vain? And the answer is no, it hasn't been vain. We've been bearing fruit because of it. Are you guys hearing? So he goes on. Now look, watch what he does. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was vain... Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you 
and works miracles among you, supplies the Spirit to and works miracles among you, he's going to answer the question, just what I told you earlier. Does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Akoye. Akoye is a word that you are hearing specifically to receive instruction. When Jesus says, do you have ears to hear? That's what he's saying. So he's saying, listen, do the miracles happen by works? You doing the right things? You saying the right prayer? You believe in the right? Or is it by your hearing the word and it building up your belief of Jesus was crucified? What does that mean, Jesus was crucified? What is involved in the crucifixion? On that cross, Jesus did something for us. And he, and he, and he teaches it. In Isaiah 53, 5, 1 Peter 2, 24. On the cross, by the stripes of Jesus, and this is Peter talking, you were healed. Now, where's the miracle coming from? It's coming from what was done on the cross. And do you believe that it's yours? See, he tied this into, it's amazing what he talked about. He's saying, you understood the crucifixion and you've been walking in this thing and you've seen that even though you have opposition, you're having fruit happen in your lives. This, this, this belief system, this life is not vain. It's impacting. And as you walk it out and as you're living this life, this opposition comes against you, but it doesn't matter. Ultimately, you, you have victory in it. But then someone comes in and sweet talks you and say, hey, you want to know how to get real spiritual? Let me tell you. And they start speaking language and words that are opposite of what they learn. But it sounds convincing. So now they're getting led astray by people that are saying, oh yeah, we believe that you know, Jesus is the way to salvation, but the spiritual walk demands your obedience to the law. Is that crazy? And that's why Paul comes in and says, wait a minute, what are you doing? You gotta walk by the spirit and continue in the spirit, which means that you have to open up your ears to hearing and hearing the word of God. Why? Because the belief system in you, that faith is what produces the miracle. We're outwardly going, God, do this. And he's saying, I did 2,000 years ago. We don't even connect the dots in the gospels when Jesus is going around saying, great faith, great faith, great faith. You got this non-Jew showing up going, nah, you don't have to show up. Just say the word. I understand authority. And Jesus like going, done, done, done. We don't even look at that. We don't even pay attention to any of that. And that's what Jesus was on this earth representing the Father. We're still looking at Jesus in Old Testament view when everything within you to be healed, restored, and whole is right here. Don't get me wrong. I understand the battle here. It's always here. This is the battleground. This soul. Your spirit has everything within itself. All things, the life and godliness, everything within you, the power of God in that spirit to do any miracle, any miracle. Signs and wonders in here. But this affects belief. And that's why people have difficulty in certain things in life because of this. And other things in life, they have major victory. Why? Because they've overcome this. Are you guys hearing me? So what do we do? We win. We press, we push into what does God's word say? I'm healed. I'm healed. And I'm not accepting anything, but I am healed. And then God makes it clear. You need some help? You need some help? I know there's this faith in the area of, I believe, 
help unbelief. I taught that. I believe, help on my unbelief. And Jesus recognized, oh yeah, that's a real struggle. But his belief overrid unbelief because of what happened to his daughters. He was healed. But he made it very clear for all of us to understand there's a battle. How do you build belief? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Did not Paul say, ultimately, why'd you listen to these people? Look where you're at. You open the door to false teaching. False teaching is some Satanist coming in going, here, listen to my doctrine. That's not false teaching. False teaching looks like it's spiritual, acts like it's spiritual, even praises like it's spiritual. But it ain't, because it ultimately leads to, are you doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? And if you're doing all seven, I'm gonna add 10 more to it, because ultimately, you ain't doing it. That is where the Word of God completely speaks against, and we allow it. And that's why we have this part of Galatians, even where Paul is putting Peter to task, saying, Peter, quit it. Let's not get in that position. Let's walk this walk of faith, belief. And if we have a difficulty in the area, we do what? We keep believing. Because there are times when we're just learning one plus one equals two. But as we keep hearing, keep seeing, we keep building on the foundation. We keep hearing, we keep seeing, we keep building on the foundation. And ultimately, you, in your understanding, have great victory. Amen? Do you all understand that? Praise God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.